Welcome to A Pastor's Perspective. Now life is full of heartache, struggle, and pain, but the way we see it, we overcome because He overcame. We are to always pray. And everything that we do, we do it in Jesus' name. Now, a pastor is a shepherd. He's not selfish. He's friendly. He's a helper. A pastor is a teacher. Faithful. Sensible. He's much more than just a preacher. A leader. Well-respected. And this, well, this, my friends, is a pastor's perspective. tonight that are searching for me on the ministry page. A couple weeks ago, I got locked out. We're working through it, so we're still trying to do what we do. But listen, nonetheless, I'm super excited. This is like week three of friend, family, sister, whatever you want to call her on the show tonight. She's in the green room, attorney Ashley Jackson. Listen, you're going to enjoy the conversation on tonight. I'm so excited because she is doing such amazing things in the city of Columbia. Listen, go way back. I don't want to say how many years because then I'm going to date myself. But the important thing is she's here on tonight. So if you guys would do me a favor, I see a couple of you coming in from YouTube and a couple other channels. Do me a huge honor and share this out on your timeline for me tonight so we can get the viewership up because I want as many people to participate in this discussion as possible. This is a brilliant woman with a, with a wealth of information that she'll be sharing on tonight with you guys. So get ready. Let's go ahead and bring her in. And there Hi. you are. <laughs> how you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. In the words of my wife, hey, y'all, hey. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show tonight. Thank you for having me. I really, really am excited about being here. <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't know if you're more excited than I am having you. I got to tell you, with everything you've got going on, with all of your accomplishments, with everything that you're doing in the city I'm super proud just to say I know you and that you took the time to say, yes, I'll be on your show tonight. You know, I would definitely always say yes to you. And I really am honored to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, Ashley, if you would do me a favor, take a few moments. Let the If there's somebody somewhere in Columbia or the city, I'm in the upstate, obviously, but that doesn't know you. Please uh -huh. take a few moments, introduce yourself, let them know who you are, where you come from, all that good stuff. I'll drop it to you right now. All right. Well, I am Ashley Myers Jackson. I am a native of Hopkins, South Carolina. So I'm from the, the you know, I'm from the country, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I currently um, practice in Columbia, South Carolina. I own my own practice, my own law firm. And it is Myers Jackson Law Firm. And we are, again, based in Columbia. We practice real estate law. We do estate planning and we do personal injury work. Um, so those are our three main areas of practice. And I've been practicing since 2010. Um, and I was counting that up the other day. And I was like, golly, that's that's I'm moving on up. You know what I'm saying? So I've been practicing fun. since 20, 2010. Um my cousin and I branched out in 2013 and started our own firm together. And in 2017, I opened my own firm. Um, so I've been doing that now for about three and a half years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. You've, been busy. <laughs> You've been busy. 
Yeah. So, not to dig too much, but I'm going to ask you, and if I'm too personal, just, just mm-hmm. give me that look and I'll know to keep to keep it pushing. <laughs> so when I saw your Facebook post some year back, some years back, I noticed you were putting up pictures of the family. Yeah. You have, so talk to me about the kids. Yeah, we have. So I am married and I have four children. Um, yes, it was four. I thought you had three, Ashley. Yeah, so we I have a bonus baby. He's 10, but he's okay. he's my baby. I got um, you. <laughs> and then I have a four-year-old, three-year-old, and a two-year-old. We three boys and a girl. <laughs> so you struck gold with the girl. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Some days I think so, some days I ain't sure. She's she <laughs> runs it and she's two. <laughs> Little girls, they'll do it to you. I'm try, I'm here yes. to tell you. I'm here to tell you what well, that is awesome. Before I even start really digging in, I, I just got to ask this question. So you own your own business. Obviously, there was graduate studies, undergraduate studies, all of this stuff. How did you manage all of that? I know it one came before the other, but how do you manage all of that? Yeah, you know, fortunately, I did not, you know, have marriage and children while I was, you know, getting through school. And that took right. a long time. I mean, we did. I did four years of undergrad, three years of law school. Um, and then I worked a few years in, before I even got married. So I didn't really even get married until I was 30. So I had done a lot of things before then, but life happened pretty fast after that. Yeah. I ended up with back to back children. Um, and, and I tell you this, I really still don't know how people ask me that all the time. Like, how do you do everything? And I'm, I really don't know. Um, I will say this. I have a great support system. Um, mm-hmm. My husband is very supportive. Um, we we definitely don't have a traditional household from right. the standpoint of he's expecting me to cook or clean all the time. Right. Um, we also know that you either pay for certain things or your time <laughs> pays for it. So, right. you know, we have to we manage what we decide someone else should be doing versus what we should be doing. And then my parents. Oh, my God, <laughs> I would not be able to do this without my parents. Oh my That's God. Right. I'm so sincere about that. So my support team is, is really helpful. And I even had to kind of get to a point of hiring people to help mm-hmm. me um, in my business. I have a great assistant. And when I say a great assistant, like seriously, that's like gold. So as long as you have people in your corner who can assist you and who can mm-hmm. help you, um, I think that helps a lot, a lot. <laughs> You just hit on a, a one thing that's so paramount. So obviously I'm not an attorney. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> God bless you for all those years of college. Thank you. I got somebody to call. Uh, but as a pastor and, you know, on the background, it's a business as well. One of the things I've learned, mm-hmm. I could not be as effective as I am if I didn't have the support system behind me, both my natural family yes. and then the people within what I do to kind of take some of the load off me so I can stay focused on what the true purpose of what I'm doing is. Yeah. Yeah. So I, for those of, those of you that are small business owners and entrepreneurs, you know, I, that investment into yourself is so important, wouldn't you say? Yes, it is. It is very important. And that's a hard lesson to learn. I think and I know you, you, our audience is bigger than just minority groups, but I will say as minorities, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we'll see people who are entrepreneurs like your father technically, you know, ran a church and did, did different things. And my family Absolutely. did that. But we never really understood how to run a business. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, you know, you do the work, but it's like you're employing yourself. You're not That's really right. running a business. And so we kind of have to get to a place where we understand that. A business is just that something that should be ran properly. 
And you need help to do that. You need assistance to do that. It, it's an investment. The money that you're spending is an investment. Um, and it took me a long time <laughs> to get there. My husband is more like that than I am. And right. so, you know, but we have to do it. We have to do it. It's necessary. Last week I had on a guest. Her name is Miriam Dix. She's an entrepreneur and she's also an executive pastor at her church. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about infrastructure administration, uh, you know, in our businesses and how vital it is if you want to be taken seriously. Yeah. And what you do that you have to have these things in place. And I don't want to make, you know, what I'm about to ask redundant. But mm -hmm. you agree you have to have certain investments in place in order for you to stay focused and be effective in your business? Yes, you do. Systems are a big deal. Um, I think, you know, creating a pattern and, and systems that will allow you to save time, hiring the right people to, to act on your behalf. And I think that's very important, having the right front people. Um, right. So I think, you know, and I've, I've had situations where, you know, I thought people might have been a good fit, but they weren't. And I think you have to follow your gut and you have to do it sooner than later when it comes to your business, because it's yours. It's, it's your baby, <laughs> you know, so you have to really take care of it in that way and understand that the front people are representing you. But your systems behind the scene also represent you and all of that matters. Um, so, yes, having all that stuff in place is very vital to your business. So as a business owner, uh, entrepreneur, all of these things. What has been one of the biggest lessons for you, and you may have already alluded to it, with having your own business? I think, like I said, the biggest lesson has been just that, you know, having certain things in place and right. really moving past the the small mindset. I think it's mm -hmm. um, good. I it, I guess my challenge is, is more than just one, but but moving past my mindset in general, I shouldn't just say my, my the small mindset. Right. I have the tendency to be somewhat of a perfectionist mm -hmm. and somewhat of, of the type of person that feels like everything has to be right before I make a move. Mm. And I think in business, you can't do that. You pay with business. You pay for you're either going to pay for education one way or the other. You're going to pay with your money or you're going to pay with your mistakes. You're going to pay with your time. And <laughs> so I think just kind of getting to a place where you find that middle ground where, yes, you should be prepared for certain things, but you should be brave enough to just step out and do certain things. And I think for me, that's been the biggest challenge and the biggest struggle because my mind will always let me just step <laughs> out. And I think just so so giving myself the freedom in my mind to move like an entrepreneur is is what I think has been the biggest challenge. But it's a challenge that I accept. That's so, right. Yeah. I, you just, you know, in the church, we would say you're talking good. <laughs> but, but you are talking so good. And I think there's somebody out there tonight. And thank you all for that just came into the room. If you would do me the huge honor of tagging someone, sharing this on your timeline to get them into the room tonight, because this is a dialogue you want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of business owners, whether it's larger businesses or smaller businesses, that they often face that challenge waiting on when is the right time. And there's never a right time, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's for me, it was starting a ministry and I'm two hours away from my home city. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm located really on the very back of a small place down a door, down a corridor. But it was mm -hmm. either jump out and try or sit back and wait, yeah. you know, 
And so we, I just had to step out. And one of the things I know is that is if you don't have the faith in yourself, you won't do it. That's it. That's it. You got to start with yourself first. And, and, you know, and you owe yourself that you really do. God gave us certain things for reasons. Um, I think being unique and authentic to who you are and doing what you do is also very important because mm -hmm. there's only one you That's and right. God put you here for that purpose. And so you just have to trust yourself, believe in yourself and other people will see that. I hope somebody that's out there teetering with starting mm -hmm. your business is listening tonight. You got to <laughs> start somewhere. Yeah, you do. You, you got to start somewhere. So, Ms. Ashley, let me ask you another question. Mm -hmm. When you think about what you're doing now and, you know, leading up to it, who or what inspired you to decide, you know what, I'm going to spend another three years of my life in college? Yeah. Um. Again, I, I, I've always kind of had this tunnel vision mindset. Um, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer at the age of about six. Wow. Um, but now there's a backstory to that. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to be an actress and then I got talked out of that. And then I wanted to do construction work, like literally work in construction. And my dad didn't think that was a great idea. Um, but he allowed me to do all that stuff with him. Okay. But I just couldn't do it for a living. Um, <laughs> and then my cousin Delia, you know, Delia, yeah. um, she, went to Spelman, which I also went to Spelman. And I noticed that when she decided she wanted to be a lawyer, everybody thought that was a great idea. And so I guess I decided that's what I was going to do too, because everybody thought that was a great idea. And so I did that. I literally had tunnel vision about how I wanted to do it, you know, the timelines and everything. And I did all of that. And I ended up working at a corporate firm uh, when I first started. And it just didn't, it didn't fit me. I, I, we just weren't a great match. Right. Um, and, you know, and that's why I say be authentic and unique to yourself. It is good to be inspired and motivated by others, but you have to find your own lane in that's that. Right. Um, and I think for a long time, I've tried to position myself and pattern myself after Delia. And that's a great example. Absolutely. Um, she inspired but it's, Yeah. But we're totally different people. And right. I think I, I realized that um, and I had to sort of carve out my own road. Um, and so I think, you know, having to step out kind of on my own and figure it out was very, very important to my transition um, in so many ways, personally, business wise. Um, and so, you know, I've always wanted to be a lawyer, but it started out as a people pleasing decision, not necessarily as my decision. But I have found a you know, areas that allow me to be me mm -hmm. and areas that make me feel good about what I do. I never, I never have a Monday morning where I feel like I don't want to go. Wow. Um, and that's very, there was a time where I felt that way. Oh yeah. And, and now I don't. And that was all in the course of being a lawyer, which is interesting. <laughs> so. I think that's amazing to say because there's so many people out there uh, that may watch this now that are on the replay that they dread Monday mornings. Mm -hmm. And I think to hear you say that, you know, we had to figure out what your road was mm -hmm. and get there. Mm -hmm. I, th I think that's amazing. I think mm -hmm. that's amazing. So I want to deviate just a little bit and change okay. roads just a little bit. Um, <laughs> talk to me about estate planning. I know that's one of the branches that you handle. So what is estate planning and why is estate planning so important? Okay, well, estate planning is essentially you dictating on paper what you would like to happen it, it, with your affairs if you were to become incapacitated mm -hmm. or 
pass away. Um, we all come here with an estate plan. Once you're born, the state has one for you. They will tell you what happens if it, you know if you don't make a plan, they have one for you. Right. Um, the problem with that is the state doesn't know you. The state, mm-hmm. you know, they, they know nothing about you. Um, and that's not a good way to plan. It's, right. it's just really not. And I think um, in our community, it's very important to have estate plans because we don't we just never think about that stuff. Um, right. One of the reasons that I even decided to, to go this route is because when we first started practicing law together, Delia and I, and even when I went out on my own, mm-hmm. we would get multiple calls about heirs property. And in black families and in minority families, there are a lot of players. And it is very difficult to clear up heirs property when you have 15, 20, 30 owners to a piece of property and all grandma or somebody else had to do was dictate where they wanted that property to go. And I think so that kind of pushed me in that direction. But then I realized that estate planning was so much more than just a will. it, it really, we look at it as death documents, but they're not. They're life documents in so many different ways. And right. I think we, we just need to be more educated on what it actually is and how it can benefit us and our generations to come. You know, I really, I'm in, I'm not going to say my age, but let's just say I'm not 30 and I'm not 40, right? Okay, <laughs> I'm there. And uh, I know you've been you fussed me out a little bit in your nice way about getting some stuff done and stuff. To, yeah. And I got I got to pause for a moment because I think this is important to show you. I've never met this great man, but someone just sent a heart and I'm <laughs> certain it's not for me. <laughs> no, it better not be for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to put that out there, disrupt the conversation just a little bit. Thank you for joining us tonight, Mr. Jackson. Thank you, sir. Uh, but one of the things I've seen, even as pastoring and getting older, is many of us don't have our affairs in order and we think we're going to live forever. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I personally hate to see is when families don't have documents together, things together. Um, and I'm in that boat, you know, okay, do you have this together? Have you gotten this turned into Miss Ashley yet? Have you done this? Have you done that? Because what if, God forbid, you're young, you're still young, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, when I was a kid, I thought 40 was old, but now that I'm 40 plus, I realize that it's not. <laughs> yeah. What does your family do uh, with this? What does your wife do? What does your children do? Do they know your uh, know your plans. I think you even mentioned to me, um, I'm trying to think of the word for it. Um, if I were hospitalized, um, uh, what, what is it called? And my wife had to make make decisions for that. Yeah, it's your health care power of attorney. Um, if you're incapacitated, there are certain documents that you would like to have in place so that people will know essentially what you want done or who you want to speak on your behalf. Um, the court can make a decision again, there are rules in place to help you with that. If you decide that you don't want to do that, you mm. would, if you didn't have a, a durable power of attorney or a healthcare power of attorney and you were incapacitated, your wife may have to go before a court to get guardianship or conservatorship wow. over you. And who wants to wait to do that or spend extra money to do that when you might need decisions made immediately. And so having a a durable power of attorney, which is the document that will allow someone to speak on your behalf for business purposes and a healthcare power of attorney, which essentially allows them to speak on your behalf for health 
issues is very important to have. And it is important that the people who you designate in these documents know that you have designated them. <laughs> Can you imagine some random person putting your name on these documents and then they calling you trying to figure out what to do for them? Wow. You know, it's, so it doesn't just stop with putting things on paper. The dialogue still has to be there. The discussions have to be there. I need to know what it is that you want me to do on your behalf, because as an agent on your behalf, it is not my job to do what I think is best. It's my job to do what I know you would want done. I'm essentially acting as you. So this is your way of allowing of, I guess, giving direction for what you want in the event that you cannot speak for yourself. Awesome. I and it's not just old people. Mm -hmm. I know you getting Go old ahead. people. Go ahead. But, but it's not just old people who should have these documents. Young people should, anybody who's at least 18 should at least have both those powers of attorney in place because something could happen. And once you're an 18 year old, you know, the state is not going to look at your mom and dad. They're looking at you because you're a legal adult. So 18 year old, 18 and above, you should really have some level of an estate plan in place. So we're going to keep we're going to stay there for a few moments. Thank you for joining in. I see more, a couple more people joined in. Thank you for joining in tonight on a pastor's perspective. Do me a favor and share this out on your page. Listen, I want to take just a moment before we jump back into estate planning. I'm going to put I believe I got all of the information in there. Correct, Ashley. So we have her information there, uh, the mm -hmm. website where you can find her on the Facebook page. I didn't put the phone number down, but you have everything that you need to get in contact and I, I don't know how you're doing things now that the pandemic is going, if you're doing more Zoom, but she can get in contact with you and help you get these things together. Uh, yes. This is not something you want to sleep on. You know, every day you think I've got more time, you got more time, you got more time. And then the next day you're 50, you're 60, you're 70 years old and you don't have anything prepared for your family. And that's yeah. scary to me. Yeah, it is. And the other part of that is <clears throat> I like to service young families and I like to service families because there are other matters that that you should really consider when you're thinking about your estate plan. For instance, you have minor children who's going to take those kids. Y you could let a judge decide that mm. or you can decide that as well. You can give instruction to the people who you are putting in charge of, of your children you can have instruction for them. Um, who's going to manage whatever finances you leave for those children? It doesn't have to be the same people who you leave as guardians. It could be a totally different person. Mm -hmm. But all of these things are things that you should think about um, the moment you have children. Um, because that's, I mean, something could happen to you and your spouse at the same time, God forbid. And we want to be sure that we have things in place for that. And even above that, there, there are other methods of estate planning that go beyond just the will. There are things like trust and things that can help you avoid probate, things that can help you avoid paying certain taxes, uh, and things that can protect whatever inheritance you leave for your children so that they don't squander it away. Um, so estate planning is, is you know, even more broad than just what happens when I die. Um, you get to control certain things even beyond the grave with the state planner. You just really hit a soft spot for me. And I have not been a part of any other community other than, other than the black community. Mm -hmm. And so what I know, not for everyone, but 
or the the network that I've been in is that we don't really take these types of things seriously. Mm -hmm. um, so how do I, I take out a half million dollar policy for my children? What mm -hmm. happens? How is that money dispersed? Who takes care of it? How are those things managed? Uh, so Ms. Ashley, if, if that's the case, I'm a, I'm a young dad, a young mom, a young couple. I've got my first child. I just took out a, a half million dollar policy. I call you, what would be some questions or some things I need to kind of consider with those things, with that? Yeah, so if with married couples, you know, I kind of discuss what would happen if one of you pass away. Um, and we can actually establish marital trust, which essentially would dump whatever funds into a trust for the benefit of your spouse. And then if something were to happen to that spouse, whatever funds she has on her or whatever funds are remaining on you in your uh, that you left behind can also dump into another trust on behalf of your children. It's essentially you deciding not to give your children things outright mm -hmm. and protecting their inheritance from themselves, from creditors, from failed marriages, from <laughs> tons of different things. Um, so I think if you had a, a policy like that, I would ask you first who you have as the beneficiary of that policy, because I would suggest that maybe you start a trust and make that trust a beneficiary so that when that policy pays out, it dumps into the trust for the benefit of your wife, your children, versus just outright giving them X amount of dollars with no plan. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Once again, we're going to pause right there. Attorney Jackson's information is right there on the screen. I need those of you that are watching this tonight or will see this on the replay. I need you to reach out to her, go to her page, like it, uh, email her, go to the website, get the information. Because, listen, uh, I'm going to talk to the church people. So the comments that I'm about to make are not necessarily those of Attorney Jackson, but those of Kelvin Steele and a pastor's perspective uh, to my church people out there. These are things that we do not discuss enough. Trusts, will, estate planning. Great that you're going to die and see Jesus, but what does your family do? I mean, really, what, what does your family do once you cross the pearly gates and you see the Lord and Moses? What does your children do? What does your wife do? You know, does your wife know that you have a will? Does your wife know or your husband or could be vice versa, right? Do they have these things in place? Do you have someone to help you get these things in place? Because I was saying in the green room to, to, to uh, Ashley, I, I, there's certain things I don't know vocabulary. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. but this is why you have to have an attorney, someone on your behalf that can help you put these things together. And so mm -hmm. for me, Ashley, this is why lives like this are so important. You know, we church, and once again, these are comments from Kelvin Steele. Amen. Uh, we church, we do these things, but, you know, nothing breaks my heart more than a pastor is when it's time for someone to be buried and there's nothing in place. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, you know, I try to meet people where they are, whatever, wherever you are, I try to meet you there. If we want to speak from the perspective of spirituality and church, the Bible gives us specific instructions on certain things. We are to leave inheritances for our children. We are supposed to be good stewards of what is given to us. All of these things. But we don't think about things in that manner. We can leave an inheritance to our children. But if we are not teaching them and training them how to be good stewards of what it is that they're getting, 
or or even making sure that we establish certain things in that manner for them. We are doing ourselves and God a disservice. So at the end of the day, and I like I said, I meet people wherever they are. Whatever you want to come at me with with that, I can counter it. Um, and so at the end of the day, it is it is our responsibility as God fearing people, as followers of Christ, to do just what we were instructed, leave inheritances and be good stewards of what we were given. You must have really touched something on my wife because she's in that a night. She says you're teaching good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mother Steele. <laughs> And I want you guys to really hear this. This is so important. So, Miss Ashley, in the regards of your business, we're still on estate planning right now. I'm going to move into the, the real estate portion in just one second. How does your practice serve those needs? The real estate or the estate planning? Estate planning. Yeah, we we offer a trust. We do those. And, and essentially what I do, I'm a mobile attorney. So let me let me explain that a little bit. Yes, um, I do have an office in Columbia, but... Again, I meet the people where they are. I try to get rid of every excuse you might have. Well, your office hours are eight to five. No, they're not. They're whenever you want me to come to your house. Right. Um, so <laughs> I travel. I, tra I work Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I work every day of the week. So right. I, I go to people and I travel. And what I essentially do is first help them understand what their estate actually is. Your estate is anything that you own individually by yourself once you pass away, whether that's um, insurance policies, your house, your car, any um, retirement accounts, all of those things are considered your estate. So I help you understand what it is that you actually have. A lot of people are like, I don't have a whole lot. But once we start going through stuff and they're like, I didn't realize I had a $500,000 estate. You're like, yeah, you do. And so let's talk about that. So first and foremost, we establish what that is. And then I assist you in understanding, you know, what probate is versus what would happen if you could avoid probate. So oh, yes. we go through that little educational piece. And then from that point, I help you decide what documents need to be set in place. We could we, most times I end up establishing trust for people. Um, and even with the trust, you would still have a will for whatever is not captured in that trust. And then we go through the other documents like your healthcare powers of attorney, your durable powers of attorney, burial instructions and how you prepare for that. Um, we look at your insurance policies to make sure that they're properly um, designated. Your beneficiaries are properly designated um, because a lot of times we'll have that issue, too. We don't like to update things when our life happens. You get married, but your mom and daddy still your beneficiary. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> you know. So we talk of we talk about a lot of things. And I think for me, it's just a matter of really making people aware of what they have and what they could do with what they have. I just think we don't know. And so that's what I offer. Knowledge and, and stuff after that's that. <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, you really summarized a great deal in just a few moments. And uh, you were talking about the policies and the beneficiaries. When I reached out to you, what has it been about, a, about two years now, it took almost a year for me to figure out where everything was. Mm -hmm. You know, it, just to figure out, you know, for those of us that have uh, that, that work for someone else and you may have insurance through your job, 
it took weeks just for me to be able to get human resources to get the correct information for me to have and put in a file so I could at some point in life get it to get it to miss. Yes, at some point in life. But you're touching on something that's important too. Yes, ma'am. We don't keep things in a place where people can find them. Uh-oh. We, so, my, and I'm just speaking of our community. Talk, yes, ma'am. A lot of times older people most especially, well, this is my will. Let me go hide it. Don't do that. <laughs> we need to be able to find it. We need to be able to find it. I don't want nobody in my business. Well, you need the, at least the people who need to find it need to be in your business. It is, so, somebody is trying to kill you. We just need to know. We just need to know. So having your insurance policies and copies of them and all of that stuff, this is, we help you get all of that stuff. In fact, um, what I've recently started doing was helping people with an inventory. So like we'll keep an inventory sheet of all of that. So whatever property you own, it will be inventoried. Whatever accounts you have, it will be inventoried so that you at least have that sheet to refer to if you needed to reach out to your insurance company. Because sometimes we don't even know what our policy numbers are. We can't find them. We don't We don't know. Um, so it's just a matter of getting organized and understanding what you have and pro- properly planning for that. I think that's spot on because with those of us, and I want to hit this for one more time, uh, for those of us that may have insurance on your jobs, Start getting that stuff together. It literally took weeks, Ashley. I mean, weeks. I believe you. Um, I called them and they sent me to the person that underwrites the insurance. The underwriter couldn't even find me. And yet they were taking money out of my check each week to cover this policy that I had. They sent me back to Human Resources. Human Resources said, well, did you call the, the 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 brand, I don't want to call the brand's name, call it the brand. The brand says, no, that's not our responsibility. And in my mind, I'm thinking, God, what if something really did happen to me? Mm-hmm. I have all of this information. I haven't gotten it together. I haven't gotten it to my wife. I haven't gotten it to an attorney. Mm-hmm. I don't have this paperwork together. So what if something does happen to me? How does my wife get the accidental death and dismemberment? How does she get the policy that I've been paying into? So I think... Well, not I think I know I've got attorney Jackson's information on the screen again. I'm telling you all, listen, if you don't have someone reach out to this firm and let them help you get this stuff together. You think it's easy. I'll just take five minutes. I'll go online to (laughs) www.domywill.com. It's not as simple as you think. Am I wrong? No, 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 it's not. I think, you know, Proper wording and things of that nature are important when it comes to those documents. Also, properly executing those documents, because I'm going to tell you right now, you show up at the the probate court with a a will that's not um, notarized or maybe doesn't have two witnesses or something's technically wrong with it. They're not going to accept that. So and it's nothing at that point you can do about it. And then you revert right back to whatever the state law said. So we we don't want that. So even having everything beautifully on paper, if it's not properly done or even with the trust, with trust, you have to retitle things. If you don't fund the trust, Michael Jackson is a prime example of that. They talked about it a lot. He had a great trust in place, but he never funded it. He never retitled things to put in there. He never, you know, put the beneficiaries, his trust as a beneficiary. If you don't dump stuff into that entity, it doesn't matter. It's just wonderfully written paper. Um, and you revert right back to 
whatever the state says should happen with your property. Why do you think, um, not once again, here context, everyone that's out there, because there are lots of wonderful people within our community that get this. They, they like, look, I got my attorney, I'm doing this. But on the whole, why do you think so many in our community are resistant to seeking help, uh, legal help to get this stuff together, Miss Ashley? Well, like I said, I think first people don't think they have anything to plan for. Mm. Um, I think we just don't feel like, well, I don't have anything, so I, I don't need to do that. Well, you don't know what you may acquire in the future. You don't know. Some of these documents in, incorporate more than just the right now. Um, but I think sometimes we just feel like we don't need it. The other part of that is, you know, we scared of death. <laughs> we don't <laughs> like to talk about that. And nobody trying to plan their own funeral. Like you think in your mind, you're going to cause something to happen. And so right. we don't like to do that. Um and I think that's really, again, it's a mindset. We, we just, we don't like dealing with that. But I, that's why I think for me, I like to take the perspective that it's more of a life plan. It's more mm-hmm. of um, building generational wealth, things that we can really roll with. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so I think it's, it's changing the narrative on that. And until we can get our community to view things in that manner, I think we will have a hard time. But I also think that more and more our community is experiencing their own issues with probate mm-hmm. or heirs property. And yep. now we're getting frustrated and it makes it a lot easier for me. Once we've been through something that frustrates us, it's like, uh-uh, I'm trying to avoid probate. I don't want to do that. I don't want my family to have to go through that girl. Cause my, my daddy and mama had to, you know, you don't want to do that, but you now are experiencing these things that are causing disruption in your family and so it makes it a little bit easier now to communicate with our community but i think it's about the terminology that we throw out when we associate things like estate planning we don't need to consistently refer to it as a death thing but of a life thing and and not just your life but your children's lives your grandchildren's lives it goes beyond you it's a generational wealth building type thing wow so we've got Brother Mitchell, he says, great information. And once again, my wife says, and we don't trust nobody. That girl, I I didn't say it. (laughs) Once again, these comments of that of the Steele family, (laughs) I I think that's huge. You used a term, and I want to make sure everyone out there that heard it understands what it is. And I want to make sure I said it correctly. Heiress property? Heiress property. What is that? Heiress. So, Okay. This is an example. I'll use my family. And this is not a true example, but I'm going to use my family. I had a grandmother and a grandfather on my father's side. They had 12 children. Mm-hmm. Let's say my grandfather owned his land when he passed away, but he didn't have a will. Once he passed away, his property would go to my grandmother and to all of their 12 children. But as each of those 12, let's, then my grandmother passes. So now it's her 12 children that owns this property. If any of those children pass away, their children then take their interest. So let's say, I don't know, one of my uncles passed away and he had five children. Well, his one share of that 12 now becomes another five. Wow. And as the generations continue with that, you can end up with tons of people owning a piece of property. And in order to clear that up, someone in the family has to say, 
listen, let's just get this straight with the court. And either we need to decide that one or two of us are going to own it, or maybe we want to sell it and everybody just get their own portion. But you can't really do anything with that property unless everybody agrees or a court actually says, okay, this person is more entitled to it because of X reason. But it's a lot of hassle. And in, in Black families, I'm going to be honest, mm -hmm. it's hard to trace that information because we don't have a lot of records. We don't have, a, a, you know, in other communities, their their records are, are there, but ours aren't. We have to literally go to the graveyard, look and see what's, you know, what's on the tombstones or we don't have records. And so that makes it a little bit harder for us to clear up that type property. And we are the type of people that have millions of people in our families. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that I've, I've learned in doing this is you would not believe how many black families have acreages. I mean, I'm talking about 20, 30, 40 acres that their great grandmother purchased in this, you know, 1800s. And right. because we didn't properly plan, we can't even do anything with it because now all of us own it together. Absolutely. Once again, I'm going to pause here for a moment. For those of you that are out there that are, that are just joining in, thank you for the comments. Please continue to like and share. I want to have uh, Attorney Jackson on just for a little while longer. Not going to keep her all night tonight. Please like, please share. And also, if you see in the blue, if you look in the blue, you'll find her contact information. Listen, I'm not just doing this broadcast to do it. Reach out to this awesome law firm. Let them help you navigate through the murky waters of this information there. She said something earlier. You're going to pay with it one way or another. You're going to pay. You're going to pay for the knowledge one way or the other. For me, I'd rather make the investment in someone that I know genuinely cares about what they're doing to help ensure that generations after me will be okay. And to hear about, I've seen it firsthand uh, attorney where families have that issue where tons of people have a claim to one piece of land or because they didn't know what to do with the land, it ended up becoming state property. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a horrible um, way for things to go down or even a tax sale. And yep. that's the worst because people buy properties at tax sales for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, to lose this type of, of investment that way, um, especially in our community, knowing that in a lot of ways, people just didn't have it, it, it but they managed to acquire this property. They worked hard to acquire this property. This property is not just, it's not just land. I mean, it has a lot of history behind it. And a lot of times we end up losing it. Nobody's paying the taxes because I might not even know I had an ownership interest in it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And so it just gets lost and that happens a lot. We have a comment, and I hope she doesn't mind me sharing it, but I'll go ahead. She put it in the uh, in the comments. Very accurate. She says, my family went through a similar situation, a lot of acres, and it's impossible to get it resolved. And so we see this, and so we have something that maybe our grandparents and great-grandparents didn't have. We have people now with the information mm -hmm. that can help us. And we've got to do something. We've got to ask for help. We've got to seek out the information and that's one of the things we're trying to do on tonight is get information out there, let you know that there's someone in the state of South Carolina, there's someone in your city right now, Attorney Ashley Myers-Jackson, who has a law firm 
that can help you get these things resolved, that can help you get the things in place necessary so that you don't have these issues by the time your children have children. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I know what it means because I've gone through it before, but maybe there's someone that has never dealt with the word probate or probate court when they deal with that. Attorney, could you take a few moments and just walk us through why we don't, what it is and why we want to try to legally avoid having to deal with probate court? Yeah, well, first off, probate takes anywhere from eight to 12 months to complete. And in some, you know, some situations, it may even take longer. For instance, we're in a pandemic and at the height of the pandemic, even getting paperwork filed was a challenge. And so you don't want to have to wait for assets to be dispersed or distributed or funds to be distributed at the end of a probate process. You will need things immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is probate is very public. Anybody who wants to go find out what was in your will or figure out who got what, and we literally have to file an inventory of your property, how much it was valued at. All of those things are public record. Nobody wants to deal with that. And so with avoiding probate by, you know, essentially establishing a trust, if something were to happen to you, things are automatically dispersed. They're they're already in the working process of working under the trust. So it's not a a time frame that you have to wait for funds to be dispersed or for title to transfer because there is no real title. Once you transfer your property to a trust, the trust owns the property. You control it. You benefit from it, but you don't own it. So there's nothing to even probate. Wow. Um, The other thing about that is your trust is private. You never have to file it with the county. You never have to file it with the state. It, it, It. The only things public about it would be maybe the deed that's filed in the trust name. Otherwise, it's not really a public thing. So nobody's in your business and everything can still happen once you pass away without a court telling you what needs to be done or you waiting on the court to give an order for you to be able to go control your stuff. Absolutely. Probate is, in my non-legal jargon, probate is a pain. Everybody who's gone through it says that. Um, And probate is the type of process that you can do on your own. Mm-hmm. Or you can hire an attorney to do it. Um, but who wants to do either of those things? <laughs> Nobody. Um, and so, you know, having a will, even if you had a will with with not much um, in your estate, you could mm-hmm. just file the will and, and be done with it. But when you have things in your estate that are greater than about $25,000, or if you have even less than $25,000, but you have real estate, and you mm-hmm. just have a will, you still have to go through the entire probate process. And that's just, nobody likes to do that. The probate courts are nice. Let me let me not mess up my good thing, but they, right. the people there are nice, but the it's just process. a process. The process is just, it's it's just not something that's, that's fun to go through, most especially once you've lost a loved one. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to join you in on that. Well, the people that deal with the probate process are amazing people. It's the process in and of itself mm-hmm. that can become tedious because in some cases you really need that land released. You need yeah. the resources that are in those accounts that were deeded or willed to you. You need them before eight to 12 months. Maybe you had to bury someone mm-hmm. and you had to spend resources out of your pocket 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can't get access to whatever was left to you because it has to go through a certain time frame. And once again, this is why I've got the attorney on with me. If I miss any of the words that I need to use, um, that can help you get through this stuff. But it's it's the process is a very tedious, long drawn yeah. out process. And once again, what I'm about to say has once again this pastor's perspective, <laughs> and not all of a sudden you've got a long lost cousin from the other side of the globe who now has seen something about probate. Oh, well, that's my cousin too. And I need to get in now. It could even stretch the process out even longer. Am I correct, attorney? Yeah, it can. I mean, and in some instances, for for instance, I know a family right now who they're trying to get the personal representative appointed, but mama wrote in her will who she wanted and none of those people really want to do it, but they don't want to give up their right to do it. And it's just so many things that go into it, it, it you know, or you got a brother in jail that might need to be notified of X, Y, and Z. And it's like, oh, golly, I got to go through all of this just to even get a piece of paper to say that I can be the person to handle the affairs. That's it's just, right. it's, it's like getting permission to do stuff that, you ought to be able to just do. And avoiding probate allows you to do that. If you have a trust set in place, whatever the trust says it is, nobody's got to give you permission to do what someone already instructed you to do. And, other, and probate is essentially that. You're getting permission as grown people to do what you've already been instructed to do. I don't think you can make it any simpler than that. Listen, once again, we're going to take a moment, put Attorney Jackson's information down there. This is something that her law firm can help you with, can get prepared for, so you can avoid this later on. Get out there, get involved, reach out to her, email, call, check out the, the, the website, inbox, whatever you need to do. Don't wait uh, to get things in order. Do it now. And to my church families here in the upstate and in Columbia, Listen, those of us that are getting older now, our children are graduated from college and we need to have things set aside and prepared for them. She mentioned earlier, get things as early as 18 and 19 in place. If you're not certain where to start, once again, on a pastor's perspective tonight, you have Attorney Jackson that you can reach out to. Let me go ahead and throw this out there for free. She can speak to her, how she runs her business. But now this is not pro bono work. Amen. You will have to, you know... Eventually, it's not like coming to your church and saying, I need some counseling and we're not charging you for that. Right. So she's gone to school and gotten the credentials and everything to do this legwork for you to help you. And one of the seasons I'm in at church, uh, attorney, is we're dealing with stewardship. We're dealing with uh, things like this in ministry, you know, because I want to see my church family be all right. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure they're not having these struggles and we're eventually going to get to a part in ministry where we're doing this then. I might have to bring you up to Greenville to kind of help me get through some of that as well. But yeah. once again, her information is on the screen. Uh, and before we get out of here tonight, I've got two or three more questions for her. If you all out there tonight, I see summer dropping off, summer coming in, please post any questions that you may have and I'll try my best to get them to her so she can answer them for you. Or if it's something that you need to reach out to her business and follow up on, we can set that up for you as well. My wife made this comment. She says, we find money for everything else. Yes. Yes, we do. We do. (laughs) We do. (laughs) So don't say we don't have it. It's important to you. We're all getting older. I just blinked and I have a 21-year-old. I blinked Mm -hmm. and my son will be 18 in December. 
and we don't have the time not to do this stuff. We have something our great grandparents and great great grandparents didn't have. We have access to information and the people like Miss Ashley, Attorney Jackson, who genuinely cares about the community that she serves to ensure we have what we need in place. All right. Mm-hmm. I could stay on the, the whole estate planning thing another hour. I want to take <laughs> some time on the real estate side. Talk to me about what you do on the real estate side. So for real estate, I actually work more on a business to business side with that. I partner with other firms and title companies to handle things like um, refinances and equity line closings, things like that. Um, and I I don't really handle that on the personal side, like for the individual. However, if people were to reach out to me and had questions about maybe a transaction that they're going to be doing, I can kind of help walk you through certain things. Um, but I also do things like deeds or, you know, if you need minor things like that done on the real estate side. So I'm not a heavy real estate um, I'm not heavy on that. Um, but the other area of practice that I, I am more heavy on is the personal injury side. Oh yeah, And that's car wrecks, um, injured on your job, medical malpractice, um, essentially representing the individual from that in that type situation. So you get a three for one mm-hmm. at the Myers Jackson Law Firm. <laughs> You have someone that can help you on the personal injury side. Uh, someone, if she can't give you specific help, she knows the people to get you connected with on the real estate do. side. And you have the part that I'm very passionate about, the estate planning side. So let's do this once again. For those of you, I see someone just joined us. Here's her information once again. This is so urgent to me, guys. I mean, it's I'm trying to bring people on a pastor's mm-hmm. perspective that I believe will add, not that the previous guests have not, but that will add some more value to your life long term. Do you have a will in place? Have you your tell me again for the medical side, the medical power of attorney is what it was called. Attorney? Yes. A medical or healthcare power of attorney. Mm-hmm. Do you have those things in place? Uh, do you have specific people assigned the trust thing? Even tonight that you've kind of talked through open my eyes to things I didn't even realize. Mm-hmm. So I've got to set another appointment with you myself to finally get all of my stuff together. Yeah. So, because I want, you know, God forbid, you know, and I told my wife, now I'm going to get with you offline because if something happens to me, like I get a poison in my spaghetti dinner or something, <laughs> I want to make sure there's a cause in there that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> my policy is all right, attorney. I'm just trying to say, <laughs> you know, my, <laughs> my policy is all right. So mess. There's a no glass in the spaghetti policy, you know, <laughs> just to make sure. So we'll talk about that later. You know, okay. sure that's all right. But do you, <laughs> she says, I'm so petty. <laughs> <laughs> But for those of you that are out there, we, you know, having a little fun for a moment, but do you have these things in place? If something happens to you medically, is there someone that that you've identified and they're aware, thank you for that attorney, that they are the person that can speak on your behalf? Or do you want to, 10 years ago, maybe, but I'm saved now. You distracted me, Nicole. <laughs> Do, y'all, that's my wife out there. <laughs> but do you have someone in place, uh, something in place that they can speak to? If not, once again, 
information on the bottom of the screen. I need you to reach out to Attorney Jackson at the Jack the Myers Jackson Law Firm and let them help you with this information. If you're thinking about it, you should have already done it. If you're like, yeah, that's something I need to do, then that means you're late doing it. And that's okay. She says something a, a few moments ago, I'll meet you wherever you are. She's mobile. I, for one, can tell you she will get on Zoom, walk you through stuff, inbox you on Facebook, follow up with an email. But when she realizes you're going to be slow for she ain't going to waste her time. I'm a witness to that, too. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just, I'm just teasing, Terry. I'm just cutting up. But listen, <laughs> seriously, I need you all out there that are on here tonight and watching the replay. Reach out, at least at a minimum, reach out and get the ball rolling by asking some questions and find out because we won't be able to get it all on tonight. But I did want to put that out there. So as we get ready to wind down, because I want you to enjoy the rest of your evening evening tonight, what are, what motivates you to keep going? Because I just see the passion in you when you start talking about it. What What's motivating you to keep doing this? I, I'm motivated because it's my people. I, I'm being honest. Like, I just, I see the need. Um, and I just, I, I feel so great when I'm helping people get to that point. Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel good when I help people protect history. I feel good when I help people plan for their children. And, and, and I can see that at, at some point we will be to a place of building real wealth. That's, that's important. We, we never really had that opportunity. Now we do. And I get to help people see that and get to help people do that. And so I'm motivated by that. I'm motivated by my own children. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I some days look around and I'm like, when did I even get here with all these kids? <laughs> but I but I'm motivated by them. I, I want them to see what I've done for them. And I hope that they will do the same for my children. And made the same impact on the community and within people that I've done. And so I'm motivated by just my community, people who look like me, people who I know can have better if they only knew. <laughs> that is the crux of what I believe for me as a pastor of preaching right now. Um, there's just so much information that's out there that can ensure that maybe we don't get the full benefit, but we can put things in place to ensure our children and our children's children get the benefit of what it is. And what and a lot of what you're talking about tonight, and this is not a shot at any other community, but so many other communities have been doing these things, creating a generational wealth and mm -hmm. safeguarding their children and their grandchildren's future by putting just small things in place. Mm -hmm. And I'm here and I'm here to tell you the longer you wait to get this stuff done the harder it becomes. I, and I just go back to my, my first thing, attorney, it, it's, it took weeks just to get information from things that you, you, you sent to me emails. You need A, B, and C, get on the, the, uh, the, the zoom with me and said, look for this, look for that, look for this. Uh, do you own that? Do you have title deed for this? Do you have this things that if I were to go, you know, it would have been all over the place and still yeah. would be, yeah. you know, and we don't think about it. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's like the, the great grandmama thing you talked about. It's in a tin can buried 500 <laughs> steps from the house. Yeah. And why, <laughs> and yeah. why would we, we want to do that? You yeah. know, it's just why it's bigger than us. Yeah. It's so much bigger than us. So yeah. thank you for being on tonight. Thank you for having me.
hopefully I can get you back again because I want to deep dive some more into to this estate planning because I know we just scratched the surface. Yeah. I saw a lot of people jump on, tag people, say you need to hear this. And I know we could do we could do 10 lives and not get the full depth of what it is that you do. Yeah. Um, so I just want to do this before I let you get the closing statements tonight. I want all of you once again, if you're seeing this now, if you're on the replay, go ahead, share this out to your timeline because this dialogue has been rich. I want you all to see attorney attorney Jackson's information at the bottom of the screen. Uh, Myers Jackson Law Firm. You have her Facebook page. If you are on Facebook, I need you to head over and like her page. Like her page is right there in the blue. Uh, you can find her on the web. She's on the web as well. If you want a phone call, you're like my mother. I don't want to deal with all that stuff. Uh, the phone number's on Facebook. You can get it to the elders as well. It's on the Facebook page. I didn't put it down there uh, tonight, so I apologize about That's that. That's okay. But you can get her email. You can get her Facebook. You can get her on the website, and the law firm can help you get started. Please, if you hear anything tonight, get the ball rolling. Many people say, well, I don't know who to reach out to. I'm, I'm just a little nobody, but I'm co-signing her. Amen. I'm co-signing <laughs> what she does. I'm co-signing the work. I'm co-signing the passion that she has for her community and the people that she serves. So with that, uh, Attorney Jackson, yes. I'm, I'm going to end it with this. If you had three things you could leave with us tonight, uh, what would those three things be? First thing, open your mind. Open your mind. Just, just be open-minded. Uh, the second thing I would leave with us is, you know, think about your children. Think about your kids. Think about your, your future and what you can do to help impact that. And then thirdly, just do it. Just do it. Open your mind, get motivated, and just do it. Those are my three points. Wow. I hope those are great points as well. I hope you all are listening. We see one more comment tonight. Thank you. This information is so needed. Once again, before we close out, I'll put her information up so you guys can find her. And I'm trying to, I was trying to read this one pretty quickly. I'll be reaching out. I cannot allow my husband to throw away my. Hashtag so serious. <laughs> this is what I deal with. Oh, I love her. Basis. <laughs> I want you all to really, if you're watching this now or on the replay, get her information, reach out to the law firm. Don't wait. Listen, don't be scared. Don't, I don't want anybody to know my, somebody's going to know your business. Better to get someone involved on your own mm -hmm. than allowing the state to get it and make it public for everybody else. That's so right. let fear go. Let apprehension go mm -hmm. this law firm this individual full of integrity she'll take great mm -hmm. care of you so to all of you that are out there tonight thank you for joining me tonight and my special guest friend family <laughs> sister all that stuff attorney ashley myers jackson thank you again for being on a pastor's perspective and for those of you that are just joining us for the first time uh, please do me a huge favor you can find me on wherever finer podcasts are itunes giggles giggles 
Google, Spotify. Please do me a favor. Go out, subscribe, like, download, and participate in it. Uh, next week, we're going to take a little hiatus in preparation for the 21st. On the 21st, attorney, I'm going to have someone we're both familiar with, Shavetta Belt, and she's going to be yes. on the pastor's perspective. <laughs> and she's going to deal with building a brand, yes. building a brand. That is going to be amazing. So I've had four, and please hear context, everyone that's out there, four of the most amazing women in my life, excluding my wife and my mom, <laughs> that are doing amazing things in the state of South Carolina. And it is just an honor to know you guys. So listen, thank you for joining us tonight. And we'll see you guys soon. Ashley, excuse me, Miss Jackson, if you'll hold on for me just one moment. And as always, family, until we speak, peace about. <laughs> Welcome to A Pastor's Perspective. Now life is full of heartache, struggle, and pain, but the way we see it, we overcome because he overcame. We are to always pray, and everything that we do, we do it in Jesus' name. Now, a pastor is a shepherd, he's not selfish, he's friendly. He's a helper. A pastor is a teacher. Faithful. Sensible. He's much more than just a preacher. A leader. Well respected. And this, well this my friends, is a pastor's perspective.